If you have college-age kids, you know that sending them off to school is a big deal. It really is an emotional roller coaster for everyone involved. Today, you'll hear from two parents, Marjorie Arnold, class of 1990, and Matt Clark, class of 1992, who dive into the emotions, the perks, perks? Yes, perks, and the realities of becoming an empty nester. I'm Nathan Cohn, class of 1995, and this is the Trinity University Learning Together podcast series. Each month, this podcast features faculty, alumni, and other distinguished guests who have established themselves as experts in their fields. It's all part of the university's lifelong learning initiative designed especially for alumni. As Marjorie and Matt converse, you'll pick up some tips to prepare everyone so that this time of transition becomes a little less stressful for the family. Well, a big welcome to all of you, and thank you for joining our discussion on sending your students off to college. Uh, Marjorie and I are happy to share our perspectives. It wasn't so long ago that we were in exactly the same shoes that you are in now. And uh, for those of you who happen to be sending your student to Trinity University, uh, for that group in particular, I want to send a big warm welcome to join the Tiger community. Uh, we are delighted to have you as part of the, the broader team. I think the key thing that I'd like you to remember, perhaps from this discussion more than anything, is that uh, we are very grateful for the experience, the opportunity that our students had over the last you know, nearly four years, even if in the beginning there were definitely some ups and downs. So there's a lot to look forward to and a lot to be excited about, but um, hopefully we can share some thoughts uh, that might make the transition process just a little bit easier for all of you. Sounds good. Wanted to say an extra congratulations because you guys got through getting your kids through the admissions process during the pandemic year when we just really didn't know you probably didn't even get to visit schools or maybe you visited but nobody was there so congrats on that and uh, I will throw the first question at you Marjorie knowing what you know now and kind of looking back on the experience that you had what's uh, one thing that you would have told uh, the mom who's dropping off her daughter a few years ago what's the one piece of advice that you would share to start off with well, I remember my coworker uh, had just sent a daughter off to college the summer before, and she told me, um, "Don't worry if you go when you go get all the stuff for their room if your student is not excited, because um, it's not about the comforter and the you know how soft the pillows are, any of that stuff." Um, and I didn't really know what she meant until we went and um, tried to pick all that stuff out. And sure enough, Mariel was really not interested. She wasn't excited at all. Um, and it wasn't fun. And uh, so I think for us as parents, we're just trying to figure out what little thing can we help out with. And we want to get the best mattress cover or whatever so that our child is going to be really comfortable. But it's okay if they're not excited. <laughs> and it's not really about all of that. Um, and then the other piece of advice, I think that knowing, having gone through it, what I would say to myself is that, you know what, September's going to be tough, but you're going to get through it. And um, when you get through it, you're going to see a lot of growth in your student. So that the, the pains that you go through are growing pains. And um, just remind yourself that it's the whole four years is not going to be like September. September is going to be a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, that's really good advice. I would add a couple things. One, um, think a bit about how their local environment will differ from the environment that they've been living in. This is a really crazy specific example, but um, 
we live in Southern California and we don't have quite the same uh, population of critters that they have where our daughter was going to school in Texas. And I remember during, you know, late summer, uh, we were all a little bit surprised by the number of mosquitoes that were out and about and um, having quite a, a feast on the students that were on hand. So I remember at the time thinking, gosh, I wish I had brought some mosquito repellent. Uh, to make it a little bit more comfortable for her um, because we weren't quite as well prepared, I think, for that local dynamic. So whatever the local environment is and how it differs from your local environment, you know, try and think maybe a little bit about that and, and anything that you can prepare specifically to kind of uh, mitigate those those adjustments. Um, but I think more seriously, uh, you know, there are going to be students who hit the ground running and fit right in and they're very excited about making new friends and figuring out a new environment and all the challenges that come along with that. Uh, but there's also a fair number uh, who are going to really have to navigate some challenges that are unusual. They'll maybe have to navigate more intense academic loads, they'll have to navigate making new friends. Certainly homesickness is a, is a real thing, as you all probably know. So like Marjorie said, um, it's not uncommon at all uh, for that first month or two to be really challenging until they really begin to find their space. And, and, and often, you know, our experience was is that those challenges sort of extended beyond the first month or two. My biggest suggestion is, is that you have to fight very hard your instinct as a parent to solve problems for your students. They're young adults now. And they really need to figure this stuff out themselves. And that's part of the education process. So there'll be times when, when you want to jump in and to the degree that you can, everyone really is better off. And this was, was hard for me, but everyone really is better off if you do less and let the student really navigate the new world that they're in, because that's a skill they'll need to employ for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of something that, that um, I remember when, uh, we were wondering, you know, how was she doing? Because we had had one of those phone calls the night before where things were really rough and you just want to check in, you want to make sure they're okay. And you maybe don't remember this, but I remember you kept saying, let her lead the conversation. So every time we would text or whatever, then we're, we're pulling her out of the environment she's in. So we would wait and we would let her start the texting conversations. We would let her do the phone calls. And that was that was tough, but I think that probably was also good. I don't know. But different people are going to have different things for different kids. But I, I just, you talking about all of that reminded me of that. What are some of the um, frustrations that people are going to hear about? I think you are going to hear common frustrations. Um, certainly, you're going to hear frustrations about probably the registration process for classes. Your student's going to a university like Trinity that has kind of a common core curriculum, which a training is called Pathways. Um, it sometimes takes a little bit of that time and effort to figure out how that works and how that fits into building a schedule. Um, you'll get a lot of frustration voiced, I think, over those dynamics. Uh, you're almost certain to hear frustrations around roommates, about food. Uh, the, I think all of that was very much part for the course, not just for our student, but for lots of other students. And part of the challenge is that, as, as Marjorie was saying, if to the degree that you can let them lead the conversation, let them work through it. But the other half of it for you is to know that the minute they hang up the phone, often they're on to something else and they've kind of forgotten about it all. Whereas you're left stewing over the contents of the conversation. So try and keep that in perspective because uh, 
the mood that they may have moved to could be very different than the one that you have in your mind. Very true. Very true. I think I probably would have spent more time taking better care of myself and not worry about her because <laughs> she was going to get through it. And I just needed to find things to distract me, I think. Right. And make sure I was taking care of myself and you, Matt, taking care of you too. I, I think the, the self-care component is really important because um, it is a pretty intense emotional time for everyone, whether it's the first student that you dropped off or you've dropped off other students in the past, there is this sort of marker that they're going through in terms of their life. It is a real rite of passage. So it's it's hard not to feel the intense emotions. And I, and I guess um, in terms of taking care of yourself, I would certainly put up there giving both parties plenty of space. You may want to spend a lot of time with your student during the orientation process, but they may not be that anxious to spend time with you. Uh, a lot of schools and trainings certainly was like this for us have quite an intense schedule. And so it's sort of hard to keep up with them because they'll be doing their own things. So that's, that's okay. Um, but just recognize through all that emotion and all that processing and events that there might be points in time where you're maybe not your best and maybe they're not their best. And so to the degree that you have those sort of typical discussions when either party is at their best, just to let those go and, and not particularly dwell on them or ruminate on them. Were there any things that stood out to you, Marjorie, as mistakes that, that are pretty common for parents in the orientation process or the moving in process, things that, you, that we saw that, that or we did uh, that we wish we could have avoided? Don't go so crazy with decorating the room because you're going to have to move it out <laughs> later. That's a really good and, point. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, one thing I, I definitely would emphasize or underline what you just said about the dorm room. Um, Experience was the day that you move in, there's lots and lots of help, you know, and it's a very exciting time. And, and usually there's other students there to help the new students get settled in the dorm room and everyone's very excited. So in that context, you can show up with an awful lot of stuff for this new dorm room and it's kind of painless, you know, it all just kind of magically gets in there because you've got all these folks helping. The, the truth is, is at the end of the year, though, that stuff has got to get out of the dorm room. And there is a lot less help. So everything that goes in, both in the beginning and at the end, uh, is going to have to come out. And when it comes out, it's a lot more work than when it goes into the dorm. So that advice of being pretty careful about or mindful about not over-decorating or over-supplying the dorm, I think, is really good advice. And uh, I mean, part of the fun, too, is figuring out how to get stuff for your room once you're there. Hello, this is Danny Anderson, President of Trinity University. Thank you for listening to the Learning Together podcast series brought to you by Trinity's Office of Alumni Relations and Development and produced here on campus by our friends at KRTU 91.7 FM. We're so glad you tuned in today and we appreciate your continued support of lifelong learning at Trinity University. Welcome back to the Learning Together podcast from Trinity University. I'm Nathan Cohn. Let's return to the conversation featuring Marjorie Arnold and Matt Clark. You know, um, Marjorie, we benefited quite a bit, I think, from folks on campus who supported our new student. Um, What are some of the things that that you would encourage parents to keep in mind, you know, in terms of the, the support networks that are at school that you can point their students to when they're when they're going through things. 
I think asking that question to them is always good too. So it sounds like you're having trouble with your schedule. Who's the person you're supposed to go to there? Who who can help you there? But in our case, Mariel had a brilliant academic advisor. They just did a wonderful maneuver with her because she was ready to pack up and go home, give up, not go to college. She didn't need to go to college. She could be a personal trainer because she has, she's very physically fit and she loves working out and stuff like that. So that is a side interest. And she decided that she um, maybe she didn't want to be at college and she could just become a personal trainer. And her advisor said to her, you know, that's a great idea. And that's something you can do. And I can even help you do that. There's a class I know about down the street at Incarnate Word. You can take it. You can get certified. But let's work on your classes for now. And just that little tiny bit was such an awesome you know, helper. So that agreeing, yeah, yeah, that's something you can do. And let's look at this problem you're bringing to me. So the academic advisors are awesome. And if they can't help your kid, they're going to find somebody who can. Also, the professors, they're very helpful. Also roommates and suite mates and the the orientation folks, the the residence hall staff for sure were huge in that first year. I just like the way you started it was to encourage your student to have them come up with ideas. You know, um, who can you go to to talk about this as, as a question? And and then if they're stuck, you know, because sometimes when, when we're really stressed out, it's hard to kind of broaden our perspective. Then ask the questions. Have you thought about talking to your academic advisor? What are your suite mates thinking? Those little questions and prompts may help lead them to the type of inquiry that you want them to pursue. Maybe uh, this is going to be a little bit overly local, but um, you know, for those of you who are sending a new student to San Antonio and to Trinity, Marjorie, any, any thoughts on, on things that you enjoy seeing or doing in San Antonio? Uh, the spirit of the question is, is while they're at their orientation activities, maybe you want to go off and do something else. In Trinity's case, they provide an awful lot of um, events for parents to go to to kind of better understand the academic community and the, and the broader Trinity community. But but you know, you're also in San Antonio, which is a wonderful city and worth exploring. Yeah, one of my favorite things is to get on the B cycles. You can get onto the the path near the river pretty close Trinity, and you can ride it for miles and miles before you get to the River Walk, so to speak, where all the hotels and everything are. So that is fun. There's also within walking distance from the campus is the zoo and Brackenridge Park and the botanical gardens over there. I like walking through the Monte Vista neighborhood. I like seeing those old houses in the in the trees. I like walking down. I don't even know. I think it's still there. La Fonda, the restaurant that has a patio outside. It's It's just a fun San Antonio restaurant. Yeah, there's just a lot you can do just even without transportation. Of course, there's all the, the other touristy things to do. But for me, just um, walking around that neighborhood or exploring is is a lot of fun. I don't know. What's fun for you? you we go at different times. So when you go, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> we, we had also lived in San Antonio many, many years ago. And when we were living there, this place didn't exist. But uh, the old Pearl Brewery has been completely refurbished. and remade into kind of a really vibrant little restaurant hotel scene there's a there's a lovely hotel there called the hotel emma which is which uh, has a great restaurant and and it's kind of fun to look around in 
Um, but the Pearl Brewery area itself too has lots of shops and there's a nice, there's nice coffee shops and things like that. On the weekends, they have a farmer's market near you know, the students at training will often wander down there on the weekends to, to take advantage of all that. So I'd add that to the list. Um, you highlighted uh, some of the neighborhoods, but San Antonio has, has a rich set of really lovely neighborhoods. So in addition to the one immediately around Trinity, the Monte Vista neighborhood, I'd, I'd add the King William neighborhood down, uh, I guess, south of downtown. Um, lots yeah. of really neat historic homes, a fun place to walk around. And, and it's, I think, right next to the Blue Arts uh, District. And, um, and there's, you know, restaurants and things in that area that are kind of fun to drop in on. One thing, too, that as, as, I, as we talk about this a dynamic that we ran across that other students might, families might run across, is that first big holiday weekend. Uh, you know, they kind of get down there. Oh. They're starting in August. Labor Day rolls around. Any thoughts around sort of those dynamics, Marjorie, and, and what you'd like parents to be aware of, whether their students are nearby or far, far away? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, I just tried to give our daughter a heads up. Look, a lot of people are going to clear out. You may want to just be by yourself or you may be really lonely. So you might be thinking about asking what people are doing for fall break or for the um, Labor Day weekend, see if there's, who's going to be in town, who's going to be gone. Um, maybe there, that's a good time for a day trip. You could go tubing, um, up on the Kamal river or other, other day trips. The probably outdoor rec will probably have something. Um, but I think it's good. You know, you know how much your, your student needs downtime, but how much they also need together time. And are they making plans for that? I think you're right. I mean, um, I had forgotten about this dynamic where if your student is kind of at a campus where they're not particularly close, their home is not close to it, they may run across this phenomenon where a holiday weekend like Labor Day rolls around and their fellow students who have homes closer by take his opportunity to, to head home for the weekend. You need to get some laundry done or just to kind of be in their own space again. And so that that yeah. can be a little bit of a surprise for students that that don't have that um, resources immediately available to them. So doing, Marjorie, what you said, encouraging you know, your student to think about, well, you know, who else is going to be around on campus and what are some things that I can do or explore just in advance of that is a way to help with that adjustment. That, that would be one thing for sure. And then, you know, you will have an opportunity. I think most schools do schedule a parent visitation, a family day later in the fall. And so, it's it's a nice time to get down and see them um, if you can if you're if you happen to be far away. Um, I think there's different takes on this. Uh, some folks like to keep away from the campus environment and not sort of you know visit uh, in that first semester because the students still establish themselves. But that's that's another opportunity to sort of get a, a snapshot into to their life. You're reminding me too, Matt, of some advice that they gave us, which I think it was um, Dean Tuttle was saying that, you know, that first five weeks, you've got to give them five weeks. And after that, you'll see a difference. And I, I think that's really true. I, I, I say we saw a turning point after about three weeks. And then again, got better after five weeks. And just in terms of her comfort level being there. And then I would say that by spring break, 
so much older. And by the end of the school year, the kinds of conversations she could have and the kinds of thoughts that she had to share or questions that she had to ask were, um, it was amazing. Very grateful. How about uh, social media for parents, uh, Marjorie? Uh, I'm sure this is the case of other schools, but you know, Trinity has an active parents page on Facebook. Uh, what are your thoughts about engaging with that? Oh, I think it's it's helpful. Um, I think it's a good place to go for support and information and to get questions answered when you can't find them, you know, through the websites or whatever. Yeah, I, I think um, one thing that we've tried to keep in mind in regards to that social media support or resources that um, it's not necessarily run by the university. And so, you know, any social media platform, things can get a little bit um, out of kilter. And a lot of really good information is shared among the parents, but it's also helpful to, to I think, approach anything that you're seeing or reading with a little bit of a, a grain of salt um, in, in mind, just because folks sometimes can get very energized about topics and, and they can take a strange direction. So just to be mindful of that. I do think it's important to be sympathetic to your students in regards to social media. I I firmly believe that students today have it much harder than we did when we were going to school because just the sheer amount of information that they're being bombarded with from their peers at other locations. And I remember a few times we had conversations oh, along the lines of, gosh, so-and-so, my friend from high school is having the time of her life at this school. Why am I not happy in this moment? And so-and-so over here at this other school seems to be completely fitting in and everything is going great. She's already declared a major. Why haven't I figured that out for myself? And again, you know, this is probably an ongoing thing, but, you know, we found ourselves having to remind our daughter that what you see in social media is the image that's being presented actively. And that may not always align to what the reality is. And and I think you have to kind of, from time to time, remind them that that's the case because it's very easy to lose sight of that. And it's just it's just so much harder today. I mean, I feel like you know, everything is sort of available for kids, not always in the most positive way. Well, I end where we started just by thanking you for joining us for our short discussion. Um, wishing you the very best of luck in sending your student off to the university experience. Uh, It has been a great, great experience for us. Uh, We've been very grateful for the opportunity to to see this growth in our daughter, but uh, it's an exciting time. So do your very best to have fun with it through the ups and downs. I like that. I'm looking forward to the second time around. It's always a little more fun. (laughs) I'm looking forward to how we're gonna laugh at each other on this one. As uh, I am too. Thanks for listening to the Learning Together podcast. I'm Nathan Cohn. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Trinity University's KRTU radio station for the Office of Alumni Relations and Development. New podcasts will be released on the last Friday of each month. For more information about our Learning Together podcast series or to suggest a topic for a future episode, please email us at alumnipodcast at trinity.edu.